Hello and welcome back to Rebound with Resilience, a podcast dedicated to raise your resilience, mindset, and mental wellness. On this episode, we talk about raising self-esteem, speaking up, and standing up despite disapproval. We have our first returning guest, Ray Fang. Hello! I'm tempted it's... to say your real name. I'm going to reveal it now. No! Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting to be here because the first time um, we recorded our podcast, it was on Zoom and I was your first guest. Yeah, it was horrible. Go check it out. I mean, it's, no, the content was not horrible. Let me qualify, right? We talked about insecurity, but owning your voice, but the production quality was absolute mm. trash. And look where you're at now. Look it's at still, this. It's still, not, it's still trash. So beautiful with this nice blue halo. Honestly, just really quite proud of you to grow your podcast and consistently put out content and stories. Having this loyal, you know, listeners listening. I'm, I mean, same way as well. Like, we knew each other for quite some time already since our communication days in uni, I think. Yeah, in university. Yeah. So to see each other's growth is like been very positive, been mm. like, very fulfilling, honestly. I've said a lot of times as well that I'm proud of you. And <laughs> I want to give a proper introduction. I know we haven't even spoke about your introduction. So Ray, uh, she's a communications coach. But I, I call myself your speaking coach now. Yeah, she's interrupting me as usual. Your yeah. speaking coach. <laughs> but but she does way more than communications, right? I think people see communications, they think inside out. I mean, they think outside in. They think just about techniques, just about speaking. But communication really is an inside out mm-hmm. approach. It goes from within, and when you settle the inside, right, the outside naturally kind of comes about, and that's what that's what you do. Yeah. Right, you help people shine, you help people overcome certain insecurities and raise their self esteem. Mm. So I'm super excited to talk about self esteem. I'm excited too, and I I just really want to come here today to inspire all of you with stories, and you know, as you're listening to my story, as I'm sharing, just know that it's it's as much as I say we all have unique stories. We're all very similar in some way. You know, we've all went through fear, mm. feeling ugly, feeling worthless at times. And if anything, I just hope that my story will show you that, hey, you have value inside of you, you know. Mm. I don't know where to look at, you know. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at everybody. Ah, you can make a point here. And then you, most of the time, you can look at me lah. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, you have a unique value. You may not believe it now, but I see it in you, even if I don't know you. Um, what, what an intro, yeah. Ray. What, and, what an and, introvertic intro. And, yeah, just my job here is to, to just remind you of it. Okay. I know that was meaningful. I know I spoiled it a little bit. But it's true, it's true. I think Ray, uh, as the name suggests, is like a sun. Right? She, she does spread light wherever she goes and uh, helps people to bring out that light as well. So, um, yeah, okay. Let's go into it. I think we've enough, we've blabbered enough about yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but let's talk about uh, self-esteem. So let's talk about self-esteem first. Uh, what is self-esteem? Self-esteem is essentially how worthy you feel, how you think about yourself. When you think about yourself, what are the thoughts that come to mind? I think that's the easiest way to explain it. It's a very complex, big word, but having low self-esteem means that when you walk into a room, you feel small. Mm. When you talk to others that you that you perceive to be better than you, you immediately feel like shrinking in. Mm. You immediately question whether you're worthy enough to even speak up. And I think those are exactly what I've been through and a lot of my clients have gone through and they see themselves as smaller than others. Uh, and it doesn't mean that only like young people go through this. I've also met like one of my clients, he's like fifty thousand. So he never revealed his age, sure. but he looks fifty plus. 
Yeah, just assumed his age. Yeah, I assumed his age. I never asked. Hopefully he's not listening to this. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) And he even told me, you know, he has imposter syndrome sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he also um, has low self-esteem. So having low self-esteem is very normal. And is is a consistent daily work to actually slowly, slowly raise it up. Yeah, I think yeah, self-esteem sometimes it seems like a big word in everything, but you break it down really, esteem means respect. How much respect and value do you place? How deserving do you feel? Yeah. And self-esteem is absolutely crucial to resilience. I mean, research shows that it's linked to resilience and also overall well-being, happiness. Yeah. Um, to me, if I, I would describe it to you metaphorically, right? I love metaphors. Um, self-esteem really is um, like a filter. Mm. Okay, it affects certain, the way we send and receive information. It's also a megaphone. Yeah. It amplifies our insecurities and our assurances. Mm-hmm. And lastly, it's also a magnet. Mm-hmm. Right? It attracts and repels certain specific outcomes or situations or people. And man, it's really everything. Or like, and communication is one thing. Specifically, we're going to talk about the implication of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what are some major barriers? I think you roughly talked about it, right? But let's explain and elaborate a little bit more. In your work, in your personal experience, mm-hmm. and you have a story to tell and also... Uh, with your clients, what are some major barriers to self-esteem? I think the major one is most of the time, a lot of the experiences that we've been through since young have caused us to think or have built that belief in our mind that we need to work doubly hard for something or that we're not worthy for something. So to give you an example, right, for me, since young, I've never really done well in school. And I think I've just been put in this container of school that told me that I needed to do well to in school and get good grades to be successful in life. Mm. I mean, even just small things that prime you, right? Like the good kid in class who does well getting praised. And then for me, I can I can have jumped a couple of grades, but you know, I won't get as praised. The teacher won't favor me as well as um, the, other, the other person that does well. So even these small things, I picked up. And so <laughs> me having low self-esteem, me feeling small, mm. Plus, me observing that my teacher gave more attention or gave more praises to those that did well, then showed me, oh, it just confirmed to me and created this belief in my mind that if I don't do well in school, if I don't get good grades, it means that I don't matter, it means that I'm small, it means I'm not good enough. And maybe people didn't say this explicitly, but my brain starts telling telling me that and it goes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And what happens is that any experience, any challenge, yeah. any failure that comes by, I will immediately think it's because I'm not good. It preempts you, right? Correct. Preempts you. That I said, a filter and like mm. you only see certain information. It's very mm. selective, la. Yeah. Um, and so that's the major barrier, right? Yeah. We're only seeing this small. We it's very hard Can't when know. when yeah. I think that I'm not good enough. I have this fog over my over my eyes. Yeah. And anyone can say anything. I could have achieved other stuff. Mm. People can give me compliments, but immediately my brain will say no. Yeah, They're just yeah. faking it. It is a voice as a seed, or I won't say a seed, right? A demon, not a demon. Mm-hmm. Right? Something bad is being planted in you, and it grows. You water it, it grows, mm-hmm. and it kind of takes over your mind and your essence. Uh. Um, comparison also is one thing, yeah. right? You talked about how your teachers, okay, grades is one, but elaborate a bit more on comparison because I know, apart from grades, appearance as well is something that was really. Uh, Took a lot out of you, mm. growing up emotionally, you can elaborate a bit more. Right? Yeah, so we, we, we are born into a world yeah. with certain stereotypes and standards, 
right? Arbitrary standards. Uh, correct, correct. But but the crazy thing is that those standards are created already by people before us that also assume those standards before them. So mm. our beauty standards are just, you know, it just magnifies and it continues going um, generation after generation. Yep. And so when I was born, right, I started watching like American dramas here and there and the beauty standard created in my mind, not just through media, but through what boys talk about in school, right? Girls gossip about, oh, you know, this guy is so cute, that kind of stuff. Even this kind of banter, it all creates this stereotype in my mind, this beauty standard in my mind that I need to have no hair on my legs. Yeah, okay. Like, legit, I had a, a male, um, stu- male student, <laughs> male, male classmate, classmate yeah, yeah that, that looked at my legs and, and laughed and said, oh my gosh, Ray, why your hair have legs I don't have? Like, why are you hairier than me? Mm. And that small comment just planted a seed. Yeah, in yeah, it, oh, yeah, it's like this. Because when, yeah. I, when I watch, like, TV and I see magazines, clean legs, no scars, mm. right? Nice eyes, double eyelid. I was born with single eyelids, by the way. <laughs> double eyelids, mm. right? Tall, slim. And I was like, no one like that mm. in the magazines looks like me. Okay. And because of that, I kept comparing myself with those people in TV, those people in magazines. My celebrity idol was Selena Gomez. Mm. And I remember that I was watching Wizards of Wavy Place so often. When she changed her hair parting to the left side, I changed it to the left side. When she started wearing scarves and beanies, I bought scarves and beanies. I just wanted to be like her. Mm. But the reality is I'll always be a second grade version of her because I'm not her. Yeah. yeah, I think one thing to bring up is about fantasies and unrealistic expectations. Mm. There's one major, major barrier, especially with social media now. They can compare against everything. You can argue uh, that technique, they might face a greater degree of trauma mm. or points of comparison because you scroll literally anybody Anything can be a point of comparison. Mm. And when you compete against an ideal, you will always be judged. 100%. Every ideal is a judge. And when you compete against an ideal, you are definitely going to lose out and mm. going to feel lousy about yourself. Mm. And I see so often, even in the youth that, that I work with, right, um, this is a major thing. We talk also about conditioning and how certain seeds planted. Uh, even, for example, you're abused or Maybe your parents said plant the same things, they're not good enough, whatever. It kind of implants in your mind. Mm-hmm. And here's a scary thing, right? I, I want to give an analogy for viewers to understand the impact of this. Talk, talk about acting. Mm-hmm. Right? Acting, generally, there's classical and method acting. So classical, you just kind of, the expressions and everything. Method acting is when you literally become a person. For example, look at Heath Ledger and Joker, look at Christian Bale in uh, multiple roles, right? You just do a quick Google, you notice that he literally changed the appearance, yeah. the way he dressed, like he was stick anorexic thing to like bath, you know, in a span of like two, three years. And when they take on the role, right, what's happened is that they literally read about it, they think about it, they become it, and then they live it. Mm. So that is why, I mean, there's some arguments that that's dangerous, la, but yeah. that's what they do as a commitment to their craft. Yeah. The point I'm trying to bring across, right, is that when we listen to certain voices, we mm. take on uh, certain information from the environment, we become that role even without knowing it. Yeah, and, and the reason why is because I think we have the tendency to want to fit in. We want to be accepted. And so we mold ourselves to whatever the environment requires us to be in order to be accepted. Mm. So a lot of my clients are actually introverts, right? Which yeah, is why they with me. You're an introvert? Yeah, you're an introvert. <laughs> trained extrovert. Yeah, but there are a lot of them are introverts. And they have just been conditioned by society to 
believe that charisma means speaking out loud, being very loud, being very yep. dramatic, like being very extroverted is a good thing. And they toss away their introverted traits that are actually very, very powerful traits like active listening, yep. thinking before they speak, critical thinking, good analytical skills. Yep. But they want to assume this identity of this loud, stand up, you know, once I walk into the room, people mm. will know me. Because in a sense, like, school glorified that. The in crowd is always the people that are the loudest, you know. Um, corporate world, the leaders are usually, uh, I'm not saying all the time, but usually the ones that yeah, yeah. are more outspoken. Or they could be introverts, but they have trained themselves to be outspoken. Yeah. Mm. And so one of my clients said this, um, well, she's she's a coach for introverts. So she's, mm. she says this, sometimes, most of the time, a lot of the introverts she works with, they mold themselves to be like extroverts. And sometimes you don't even know who's an introvert, who's an extrovert, or who they really are anymore. Mm-hmm. Introvert and extrovert, okay, I don't want to say that like extremes. Yeah, yeah, we all have introvert and extrovert. Spectrum, and extrovert yeah. Correct. The problem comes when you are acting as someone that you don't feel comfortable being. And when you're communicating with people, you're communicating with that other version of yourself that doesn't feel comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. And you go back home and you just feel tired. You don't feel yourself. And then you have to go back to work the next day being that person. You don't feel authentic. Uh. Yeah, that right. is so painful because I've been there before. First year of uni, right, I was thrown into this school. They're super sassy, super dramatic. They twerk. They, I mean, all for good reason for the orientation was very yeah, high, yeah, very yeah. high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I can't imagine how possibly scary and traumatic that might feel to Go people who don't feel yeah, yeah. like they want to do that. Which is why a lot of people in communication schools are sometimes they the introverts they sort of like hide in the background mm. but I felt like I needed to be like that I mm. needed to go like girl you know that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to fit in even though it felt a little bit awkward to me I wanted to fit in mm. and I didn't like that about myself back then okay yeah you've come a long way honestly like I mean just just not even very long ago like just maybe just two years back mm. right we were discussing about, okay, like, not sure what to do after graduation. Even for yeah. me, I wasn't sure where Rebound was going to go. I mean, that, that time Rebound hasn't even started in the first mm-hmm. place. I knew I was roughly going to start a training company. But the fact that, and of course for you, thinking about whether going to work, whether mm-hmm. your grades are good enough, and then really feeling that insecurity, I think we're doing our first podcast here or so. But the fact that, wow, I mean, I mean, of course I'm proud of myself, but I'm also very proud of you for how far you've come. And, and that's what we want to explore, right? How do we make the change? How do you make the change from, from that to now confident? Of course, it's a work in progress, mm. but now serving other people and helping other people as well with their self-esteem. What is the impact of low self-esteem? What is it costing us? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'll just share a story of one of my coaches, um, Jonathan. His dream is to be a pilot. Okay. Yeah, and he is, I mean, when I say dream, it's like an obsession, it's like an obsession. Okay. Like every night he would do this flight simulation at home. He yeah. has like a flight simulation program at home. He does it every single night. He knows about the planes. I'm probably underselling him because I don't know any of the technical terms, but he knows all the theory about it. Mm. And he went for an interview, um, you know, a pilot interview. And during the theory part, he did so well. He just flying colours, right? And he was so confident about it. But when it came to the impromptu question that the interviewer asked him, he just blanked out. Mm. He freaked out. And in that moment, the negative thoughts come. Mm. Oh my gosh, what if I say something wrong? What if I say something and then they, they think that it's not good enough? Um, what if I say something and it's not true? Uh, oh my god, I don't know. And then he just blanked out and he, he didn't get the job. So, having low self-esteem 
seeps into our everyday life, like our relationships, who we as who we actually accept care and love from. Yeah we give ourselves our hearts to mm. right it also seeps into our workplace whether we choose to speak up or hide away right it seeps into accepting opportunities or even attracting opportunities with low self-esteem inevitably you're not going to get the opportunities that you want because in the first place you don't think you deserve it and yep. if you don't deserve it the universe ain't going to give it to you um, nobody's going to notice you it might seem so hard to get out of those negative thoughts to get out of that right but it is possible. And I can tell you, I've, there was one point in time that I really, I remember this one moment I was, um, I went home and I was on my bed and I, I looked up to God and I said, God, why are you doing this to me? Because I felt so in pain. Mm. I felt like I was completely worthless. And I remember at that point in time, my dad was shouting about something outside. I mean, I love my dad now, but back then that was my memory. I don't know if it's real or flawed. Yeah. Uh, I probably made up some stuff or remembered bad things oh, in the sure. past but I just felt so small I mm. felt so worthless I felt like nobody deserved my time I literally wrote that in my journal I, I found some old um, diary entries nobody deserves to care for me nobody deserves me because I don't deserve anybody's time I'm worthless and then I remember that point in time I my body just reacted and I just went to the toilet and I took a pen and I started smashing myself mm. That was that was one of the, the most painful times because then I walked out of the, the bed the bedroom bathroom and I had to pretend like everything was fine. Yeah, and I think that's the the, the impact of low self esteem, you know, just feeling like you're nobody. Sometimes it's that nagging negative thought that comes up when you're mm. when you when you when you meet with an opportunity that's out of your comfort zone and you start thinking, Can I really do this? What if I fail? Um, but the thing is, at that moment what do you choose to do? Because negative thoughts will come, but what we decide to do at that moment will actually start building our self-esteem or drag it down even lower. Yeah, yeah I think you shared a story, I got a bit emotional as well. Just the way you described it, like picturing it in my mind as well, it's, I think you were probably quite young then. Yeah, I was like 18, yeah. uh, seven, yeah, 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's sad. Um, to picture that and to know that there are people out there that also mm-hmm. is facing this, right? Yeah. It's, it's not uncommon where you f- where you go into that void where you just feel worthless. Yeah. And like you said, your body just responds by treating yourself that way. Because yeah, self-esteem yeah. is a, like I said, it's a magnet or it's a filter yeah. and you, you kind of shred and then you, you do things to confirm what you feel. Yeah. And the worst thing is that in my mind, right, back then I didn't personally have communicate with my parents that much. So I remember I had scars on my, my arm, right? And I, I thought my mom saw those scars, mm-hmm. but didn't ask me anything. And that then confirmed to me that my parents didn't care about me. Yeah. So reading back a lot of my diary entries, it was talking about how my dad and my mom didn't care about me. They don't love me. And it's not entirely true, it's a filter. Correct. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the case. And I remember so many times I just looked in the mirror, crying and, and cutting myself and finding places to cut that people didn't see, like my neck or my arm. Um, and having to walk out of the room, wearing a jacket, wiping away those tears, and and see my parents and see my sister again. And 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 the worst the worst part was, like, I remember there was once my, my sister saw my cuts. Mm. Uh, and uh, back then she was a bit immature, like, and she, she said, why are you so dumb? Why do you want to cut yourself? Mm. 
And the moment I felt like such a bad sister, yeah, because I, I don't know, I felt I was having a very bad example, but I also didn't want to answer her. Yeah, so, so yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was one of the, the tough parts. Now. You know, a couple of months ago, I asked my mom, uh, I'm quite, I'm quite close to my parents now, so I asked my mom, hey mom, you know last time I used to cut myself, I said it casually, uh, and it turns out that she you never saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all this while, I've been thinking yep. that they saw it, uh, but in that moment, she didn't see it. Right. Yeah, and I also didn't know, and she then shared with me, even though my mom usually doesn't share emotions that much, um, those days where I would be out late, because fast forward now, you guys know I've been clubbing a lot back then, mm. I partied a lot to escape from all this pain, that she would be in bed and she would cry, because mm. she didn't know what I was. Mm. Yeah, I, I yeah. told her that I would be in a sleepover, uh, at a sleepover, but she just knows that I'm probably drinking somewhere and she doesn't know where I'm going to be at or what's going to happen to me and she just cries herself to sleep and just the thought of that just just it's very painful uh, to think that you know she yeah. had been through I mean she has worked so hard to yeah. like support me and 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 I caused her to feel so much pain yeah yes thank you see that now I was going to take tissue for this girl no 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 I, I have one in my, yeah, in my pocket okay okay <laughs> I'm a bad host. I should always prepare more tissues here somewhere. Somewhere below. Yeah, it's this mental health podcast. Yeah, no, this, this table is always <laughs> a legendary table. Not a pure white table. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you being vulnerable. I think it will help a lot of your audience mm. as well to know that maybe they see you as a perfect ray. You know, they see you. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, first of all, your stories, your feelings it looks as perfect as it can be. Honestly, like it's just so radiating with positivity you know, with happiness. And nothing wrong with that because, you know, you're helping. Of course, there's vulnerability as well. But they don't necessarily see this side of you. They don't necessarily see the pain that you have to go through to build your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Right? Those years. And it's still a work in progress, right? 100%. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm glad they get to see this side of you today, la, just to know that there is hope and you're not alone in this journey. Um, I can't say I relate fully uh, because I grew up generally with quite high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. But my story is a bit different. I think you would know that if you're yeah. listening to the podcast. That that, that, that kind of was shaken during my A-levels. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, exactly what you described. I just felt that whatever that I've built my esteem on was broken. Just in a, just in a snap like that. Yeah. Everything that I built, or at least what I was conditioned to believe, I, everything I built in the last 18 years, my grades, my achievements, my people thought about me was yeah. conscious with that one mental block in the exam and it just spiraled down and because of that it led me to months of pain and um, just completely disregard for myself disregard for i mean of course when depression hits it's uh you can't really control it and i think we talked about this a lot but the psychology behind it was that my esteem was not built on internal worth it was built on variables. And variables can vary. So that's why it's very dangerous. So I think now we give a context uh, to you all, hopefully sharing our hearts out to you to know that esteem, you know, has to be something that comes from within. Um, so now we're going to talk about that. Yeah. More happy now. <laughs> <laughs> how can we build our self-esteem? Um, yeah, share your journey, I guess, and how did you eventually slowly build that up? Uh? Yeah, sure. 
um, gonna share the pivotal moments because if I were to pinpoint every single thing that mm. built to me today, it's gonna take an entire yeah, novel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, following from the story of how I, I thought I was very ugly and worthless, and I was always trying to find a way to get a boyfriend because I thought that getting a boyfriend would mean I'm attractive. Like literally, that was the reason. And I remember the days that I felt so ugly and worthless, right? And over time, as puberty hit, thankfully, <laughs> mm. I, I, I found a lot of ways to make myself feel more confident. Like putting makeup, I had a 12-step makeup routine. <laughs> I literally, like one hour of putting makeup, even to like buy Thai fun, right? Make vegetable rice. I was, Serious? Yes. Like, I can't even go to the MRT without putting Serious? makeup. I didn't want okay, people okay. to see my face. I really felt that my face was ugly. Okay. Yeah. So any time I don't wear makeup, I would think that I wouldn't get opportunities or or or, or connections today. Mm. And I sort of subconsciously tagged my wins to my looks. Like I didn't really think that I had value to give. So I wore nice clothes. I know that I always wanted to like wear suits. I mean now I wear suits because I like it, right? Mm. But back then it was for a different reason. I wanted to feel more smart. I wanted to speak to people and make them think, wow, Ray is so cool, right? She's so smart. Oh, you know, she's so entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, and it, it makes me feel good about myself. I feel like my ego is being fed. Yeah. And I that worked for a while, right? That worked for a while until 2019, I got my huge eczema outbreak. Mm-hmm. And like how you mentioned when you, you didn't do well in school and it's just snapped, right? Mm-hmm. Similarly, when I had the eczema outbreak, I remember waking up one day and in pain, my whole body was in pain. I realized that my entire body had peeling raw skin and the entire bed was just filled with like dead skin. Yeah. And my face was swollen, my eyelids were swollen. Yeah. My eyelids were so swollen that my double eyelids disappeared. I just imagine, you know, what if what, what will people think, right? And people are gonna like ask me how I am and then I have to like deal with like telling them and I don't really know what's happening to me yeah. and I went to so many doctors and that happened for so many months. Um, until and one day, um, I asked myself like, do I really want to stay in bed or at home or hide myself forever, or do I want con- to continue doing what I love, which is to train in schools. And I think throughout the entire process of training, going for networking events, yeah. because I looked like a lobster, like yeah. I really couldn't focus on myself anymore. I chose to focus on others instead and see how I can just concentrate and focus and be present in whatever I do, whether yeah. it's training or whether it's networking events, just being fully present. And as I continued doing that, I remember I also taught my first ever art of networking workshop yeah, to a bunch of you. trainers. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm so proud of yeah. you. I just, sorry, just let me cut you a little bit because like even before that when you first started training with, with, with me as well, like coaching and training is not something that you considered previously, right? Yeah. It's the last thing on your mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I can't even coach myself. Yeah. How do you expect to coach someone else? Right, but I think you really grew from strength. Right? Even previously, Ray was a really, a really good host. I think we had no time to really go into details. Please check out the content and everything. But before that, she was really hosting. Yeah. But you're really good with your voice, good with your words. Just that when you want go home sometimes, right? You just feel that void sometimes. Yeah, I think I understand. And training gave a different element because now you are not just hosting, you're also imparting certain yeah. values to people. Yes. Um, and then that transition into eventually yeah, your networking class. And I remember seeing you doing it, just sending out emails, just getting people in of all ages. Uh, and then you said you were like a lobster. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah, <laughs> still amazing. Like, I remember starting the class. I, I was thinking, should I cancel? But I was like, yeah. you know, 
people are coming, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And I remember starting the class going, um, guys, I'm having an eczema outbreak. Mm. If I can be teaching right here, you guys can network. Because mm, yeah. <laughs> that literally was a statement. So I was teaching and everything, and everybody's eyes were on me. And yeah. the class was so interactive, yeah, yeah. right? Some of the, the participants raised their hand, can I you know, share a point? And the entire class became so interactive, so fun. And then as I was training in schools, I remember the, the pureness of the kids, right? These primary school kids, they come up to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chow, why are you so red? Then I say, <laughs> maybe if you guys pay attention to me, I'll stop being red. Then they okay. Well, it's just like, yeah, when you yeah. do things that are in service of others, yeah. right? You really stop thinking about yourself as much. And I realized that as I'm networking, even with strangers, sometimes yeah. the strangers will kind of have a question mark at the top of their head. I kind of know they are thinking, eh, what's wrong with this person's skin? Yeah. But they don't talk about it and the conversation just flows and I'm able to have great deep connections and conversations yeah. through that process. And that showed me that when I focus on the person, when I'm focused on serving others, and I'm just focused on giving value, or just being present in the moment, and mm. allowing my heart to react the way it is. Someone says something, my genuine curiosity and reaction comes out. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and through that process, I refine my unique voice. Uh. When yeah. I stop thinking about my appearance, I'm able to understand myself better, and how I react to people's opinions and ideas, yeah. and through that process, also develop my own. It ultimately goes back to, to value, uh. You started to look outward and focus on the value you can give instead of all the insecurities and all the flaws that you mm. potentially have, right? And then you realize that hey, that there's mirrored in someone else. When you're not thinking about yourself, people don't necessarily think or pay too much attention to that because you are also not placing attention on it anymore. And then slowly that builds and slowly it builds, right? Eventually you start to find a uniqueness in yourself and mm. you give it to the world. Mm. And when you give that uniqueness to the world and it's returned to you, like for example, when I go to youth and I, in that moment, sharing with my heart with them and then expressing their gratitude, it is infinite. Mm. The feeling that you get, the, the, the essence that you get is infinite. Yeah. And then you start to build your worth on those things. Mm. It's taking action despite feeling the fear uh, despite feeling that insecurity, yeah. uh, focusing on others, and then slowly that will actually build. Yeah. A powerful question to ask is really, if you have the fear of being judged, of looking dumb, looking stupid, how can you choose a bigger fear? So one of my clients, she is only 20 years old, but she really has a passion for speaking and coaching. Mm. But she's just like a little shy, and also don't know whether she's credible enough to teach and, and all that. But she's really doing training in schools. Um, and she wants to improve on that. So basically, there was this one incident where um, she's a co-leader of a cell group, okay? And I remember the cell leader asked her if she wanted to, if anybody wanted to make a declaration over the cell to bless the cell. Mm -hmm. And she had something to say because all the kids were taking their A-levels and they knew, she knew that they were stressed. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, she was afraid that what she said is going to not sound as cool as the cell leader. And that's why she didn't say it. And mm -hmm. then she felt so, like... I, I, I know say, the you know, like, I feel like you want, say it? yeah, the feeling sucks. Yeah, it's like, uh, I want to say, but yeah. what if people judge me? What if it's not as cool? What if then after that, I need to change what I say? Mm. So as she was telling me this, I asked her, why do you want to say, why do you even want to speak up in the first place? So she said, I wanted to share and tell these A-level kids, right, that it's okay to feel that fear now, and that eventually if you seek support, eventually if you you know, work together, you'll pull through, like, she just wanted to make them feel assured. Mm -hmm. So then I asked her this, what, 
what is the cost of you not speaking up? What do you think are the potential consequences? Mm. And then she's, you know, she continued leading on. Um, I mean, perhaps they will feel like more, they will feel, continue feeling stressed. Then I say, after that, so what? What if they continue feeling more stressed? Um, perhaps, you know, yeah, I mean, they will maybe, you know, start not going for cell, not going for church. Mm. And, and then I continue asking her what if, you know, and find more consequences within it. And she finally realized that, hey, it is more important for her to feel that discomfort in that moment mm. for a bigger cause, for a bigger service to others than thinking about herself. So she chose the bigger, like choosing to see the bigger fear actually helps you overcome that smaller fear of yours, which is the fear of judgment. That makes sense. Like, if someone puts a gun to your head, you're going to speak with right? right? So like building up on that, um, thinking about uh, that cost, and I think it's one, it's one way you can bring yourself to action yeah. for sure. Because I mean, we're going to transition to the last part about speaking. We will touch on that speaking up despite approval, despite negativity. <coughs> how you stand up and speak up for yourself because that's what you coach people to do. Yeah. And because if you're coaching, people get opportunities they would not otherwise have access to. They will make impact they would not otherwise have. Yeah. Before we move on to the last segment, just a quick story. I think this is very personal to me because um, it's the story of the Abhi Dakin. Mm-hmm. I told you this a lot. It parallels your story as well. But I want to tell this to the audience out there. The best one of the best ways... Um, okay, one of the best children's stories around self-esteem is the ugly duckling. Okay. For those of you who don't know, right, ugly duckling was ostracized by his own family members because he was dark-skinned. Okay, he was different. So his own family members ostracized, bullied him, and he left. Mm-hmm. He was abandoned by his own family. I remember when my mom first told me the story because I felt so much love for my family. That to me was a... And it was a... a atrociousness. It was a... Um, what's the uh, abomination? That's what I was looking for, right? Yeah. And I just I, I cried for it up. It was not just a fictional character to me. It was someone that I felt for. Because I think how can the own family not see value in you? But because of that, he had he had to go to different places, right? And every single place it went, he got rejected by people. He did not see the value in them. Just like how we discussed earlier, yeah. the conditioning, you're not good enough, the grades, whatever. They're comparing him against the yardsticks, their own definition of beauty. Mm-hmm. So because of that, he himself felt very small, but he did not give up. That's the key, and I think it parallels your story as well. Not to say I think it's really beautiful, but I mean, of course, at the point of time, that's what you felt, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, he went around and he felt ugly, right? And but did, just like you did, you know, he did not give up. He just took small steps, small steps, small steps. Eventually, he came to a family of swans. And the swan said that, you know what, you are rare, you are a black swan, you are one in a million. And they saw value in him because they saw value in him, right? He literally spread his wings and he flew. And everyone else saw that value in him, right? He's never changed. But not everyone else, like, wow, this guy's a black swan. So it's amazing. There's so many, so many lessons in this story, right? Number one is that, hey, you push on a little bit. You might find something on someone that sees value in you, that allows you to see value in yourself. Mm. And I hope that, yes, you may not know us, right? But I really hope that this podcast helps you to know that we see value in you. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right? That, that we see value in you, that you definitely have a big deep enough, right? There is a certain value that you have that you may not recognize yet or you're hidden because of society's judgment. But once someone sees it and illuminates that in you, you will fly. Yeah. And that's what I do for other people as well. Yeah. That's why I'm so happy for you. And the people you're coaching, you know. Like so yeah. you can only see value in others once you start seeing value in yourself. Otherwise, you always be thinking about yourself. So, 
I, I hope that whoever's, if you're watching right now, right, and you ever want someone to talk to, I'm sure Kevin and I will always like drop us a DM because sometimes you really just want to reach out and when you reach out, you know that people actually want to support you. Let's discuss about speaking up and standing up for yourself, which mm. is incidentally supposed to be what we talked about. But yeah, let's keep it succinct. Uh, why, why is speaking up for yourself important? Okay, and how can people start doing it? Simply put, I, I would like to say to get opportunities and the connections that you want. But most of my coaches, the very reason why they want to speak up for themselves is because they just want to feel good in their skin. They want to stop walking into a room or into a conversation feeling small. So if you don't speak up, you'll always stay at where you're at. You'll always think that you're small. you always think that you're not worthy. you always think that you don't have value. But the action of speaking up consistently, daily, in a safe environment first, will allow you to slowly, slowly build up that confidence to eventually speak up at work, speak up in conversation, speak up to your boss, speak up to your parents. So it's a daily choice la, to speak up. And it's really the daily action. Like something as small as this is what I do with my coaches. Um, we have a private telegram group and mm -hmm. I just tell them every day 15 minutes of work. Mm -hmm. 5 minutes to consume a piece of content and yeah. 10 minutes to share your opinions about it. Sure. And when they do it and other people affirm them and say, wow, that's a really good point you made, right? And I also feel this way, this way, this way. That, that the exchange of ideas through speaking out and exchanging of ideas, actually build their self-confidence every day because people are acknowledging their thoughts that other people at work may not have done so. Mm -hmm. So, number one, choose to speak up every single day. It's only a 15-minute job with the right community and guidance. And number two, find the right community and guidance because if, let's say, you're in a current group of friends that ignore you or they don't acknowledge what you say or they're louder than you and you feel like you can't put in a word, it's not going to help. You need to find a group of people that are group-oriented, that invite with you, that are willing to hear you and ask you, hey, what do you think? Okay, so it's in small cases and also in finding a community. Yes. How can people find a community to succeed? Because um, they might listen to this and say, ah, where to find community? Hmm. You know, it's just me and then I'm so scared already, Joe, how to find community? I mean, apart from DMing way, la, maybe that's that could be one, one way. DM me and join my program. <laughs> yeah. um, Interest groups, you know? Yeah, so I feel like firstly, just yeah. ask yourself, hey, what is it that I want to grow in and learn in? What are my interests? Right? I'm sure you have a couple of hobbies or interests or things that energize you, right? It could be art, it could be music, it could be personal development. Just come up with a couple of topics, look back into your life and find out what these interests are. And trust me, you go on Facebook groups or you go on Instagram, you'll be able to find communities available. And there are a lot of personal development platforms that actually do free community calls as well. Yeah, and, and if you want to know more, you can always drop me a message lah, yeah, about that. And I'm happy to link you up with other people that will vibe with you. So ask and you will receive, right? Reach out to people around you already and ask them if they know other people that like this particular interest or go into interest groups or Facebook groups that have similar interests as you yeah. and just speak up. It's easier now, honestly, because you can do it behind the screen first. Yeah, along the way. Yes. Yeah, I think it's important because go where your value is being recognized. Yeah. That's the ugly duckling story. And I think it applies here as well. People think that, uh, I, I so many stories I've heard entrepreneurs who don't fit in, for example, in a school setting, because whatever they talk about coding, building yeah. product, I mean, your friends are talking about like, whatever lah, whatever they talk about, right? Obviously, you're not going to feel valued there because you're like, how the hell you talk about these things? You know, you're only like 15 or 16, right? Or you maybe talk about your love for ants, or me, my love for insects. 
right? If I talk to Ray about like my love for insects and cockroaches, she will not listen to me. <laughs> right? I need to go to a group that's appreciating of animals to like talk about it. I think it's the same principle, lah, you know. Um, okay, that's great. I love that. Um, standing up for myself. I think this is important. How do you stand up for yourself, right? Despite disapproval. Say they want to do something, but parents, for example, people around them think it's stupid. Hmm. Firstly, think about what if you didn't do it? Are you able to live with the consequences of not taking action, not speaking up, not doing what you love, and living an entire life driven by someone else's values. Hmm. If you're willing to accept that, then fine. But if you're not willing to accept that, like really visualize it. Don't just think like, okay, one or two years, you know, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Like literally your entire life, if you don't decide to do what you like and you conform to what other people think or what your parents want for you or what society wants for you, are you really going to feel okay mm-hmm. to live your entire life that way, not doing what you love? I think that sometimes people don't understand like the, the, the huge consequence it would take that it would cause mm-hmm. for you to live a life not of, not of your own okay. um, and they don't realise that la. so okay. I think it's important to first ask yourself do some journaling sounds very boring but trust me it works write down journal what will happen if I don't take action what do I really want for my life who do I really want to become and, and what will make me happy you know, and answering these powerful questions, I think gives you that clarity and that perspective to start creating your own life instead of conform to what other people think. Really just block away what other people think. Find yourself a dark, nice room and light a candle mm-hmm. and, and just write. Design your own life, right? Um, yeah, that's probably it. Like design your own life. Ask yourself what do you love to do? Um, you know, what do you hope to achieve in your life? What do you really, really enjoy doing? All these things are yeah. will actually help. Yeah, I mean, definitely listening to you now so inspires me to do it again. I mean, there's a three-question exercise, mm-hmm. right? A lot of life is boils down to three questions. What do you want to experience? How do you want to grow? And how do you want to contribute? That's my vision, right? From Mind Valley. And it's true that we live life in a hustle and bustle, right? We don't take time to have conversations mm-hmm. or to sit with ourselves. Yeah. Right? We are so attuned to the noise around us that it's hard to slow down and say, you know what, is this what I really want? Yeah. Okay, whatever that you're doing right now, look at the people that have done what you're doing for the past 30, 40 years and look at where you're at right now and ask yourself, do you want to be, do you want to have your life? If you don't, you have to change something. Sure. Yeah, I know, I mean, we want to sound pretentious. I know that sometimes financial stuff actually plays a part. There's a whole podcast altogether about uh, the impact of finances and whether to monetize your passion. I think, again, that's the same, but else being equal, la. I think in most cases, mm-hmm. right, you can potentially uh, transition to what you love doing, enjoy doing, yeah. and still make a decent income from there. Yeah. I think a lot of it, of it is people actually help back more. Oh, okay, this is what I think. A lot of it is fear disguised as practicality. Yeah. And yes. Right, wow. Jim, Jim Carrey said that. I, didn't, I borrowed that, by the way. Jim Carrey said that. He said a lot of us, we disguise fear as, okay, actually it's not very practical. But deep down, you know that actually, no. But you really want to do this. And... Um, speaking of people, like you said, having that conversation with people is important. Um, share with us real quick about how can people have conversations with, say maybe their parents. Or- Firstly, it's important to have the conversation with yourself first. Okay. Because if you approach your parents and you share about your dream, but you are unsure, mm. it's not going to work out. You need to first be convinced of your own dream. Mm. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be 100% convinced, but at least like 70%, 50%. 
sorry, past, right? <clears throat> so you need to believe in yourself first. Yeah, so what I did is, I know that I wanted to do something apart from just a job. I didn't know exactly what I was. I know that it's probably starting my own thing, freelancing, etc. Mm. Um, but I knew that I didn't just want to be confined to studying and only getting a job. So I sat down with my parents and like really seriously, I say, mom, dad, the reason why I'm doing other mm. freelance work outside is because I really have a dream to, to speak on stages in future and to do something else apart from just a job mm. and do something that I can connect with people and work with people. And that's my dream. Yeah. And I asked them like, what are your concerns? Mm. So like, they listed down a bunch of concerns, really like practical concerns, like if you're out late, what happens to your safety? Why we don't do well in school? Da, 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 da. And then one by one, I share with them my action plan for each concern. So I assure them that, you know, if I'm going home late, I will cap back with another lady. Um, right, for my grades, yeah. I will really take in the effort to improve my grades, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> and that was how I communicated with my parents. I always made sure that if I'm out late, I text them. I think parents, right, they really care for you and they want you to be happy. But their idea of happiness is very different from yours. Mm, yeah. yeah. So when you communicate your idea of happiness, it's so much easier for them to understand it. The reason why they're disapproving is because they don't understand what you're doing. They don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. And they just think that, oh my gosh, I want to protect my, my child. What mm. if he or she goes astray? Yeah. But if you communicate, this is what I love. This is my action plan. It's very hard for your parents to disapprove or they're less likely to. And then, after you share action plan, you got to follow up with consistent action. Mm. So my parents saw how I worked so hard for my dream. Every single day, I'm working hard for my dream. Mm. And through that consistent action, they slowly, 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 slowly started encouraging mm, yeah. me, um, accepting this. And by the time I graduated, my, my dad was very supportive mm. of me starting my own thing. Yeah, you put it beautifully. I couldn't have put it any other way, to be honest with you. I think anyone listening to this, that's great advice um it is just knowing that um you cannot live for the validation of others mm. and i think that would be one of the surest way to get happy yeah. you gotta prioritize your, your happiness and knowing that yes in the short run you might be in very common disappointed but in the long run when you see your growth and happiness i truly believe every parent will turn back yeah. and support um i know the journey might be a bit longer for certain parents i'm aware yeah. that every parent is different but there's certain general principles where parents that like you said they just wanna they love you and they support you but the way they love you may not be the way you want them to just yeah. empathize with them and know that they are doing this because they love you um but let them know that mom and dad they really love me like if you want to be happy this is something i have to do mm, yes um, so wow i think uh, let's end off with a quick not really story i'll just share a quick thing for you to think about and then i'll leave Ray the final word because so always be the guest that yeah, she talked most of the time with me. Yeah. But um just a final thing, I uh, study with, with elderly people, very like above 70, 80 years old, right? Even up to hundred years old. They study over hundred people and they found that they did not regret the things they did but failed. Mm-hmm. They've always regretted the things they did not study to, mm-hmm. even though they wanted to. And this is very telling, you know, because there's a consistent theme throughout all these people that's interviewed, that at the end of life's journey, right, would you want the extra 5k, okay, 10k, or would you want to have lived the life that you're proud of? Yeah. There's meaning. Yeah. And it's always the it's always the latter. You know, and, and, and ironically when you do the latter, you might even get more money, like what you're doing <laughs> now. You know? So 
um, go for it, guys. I think I hope this podcast has really helped you uh, raise your self esteem, um, give some practical tools. Uh, if you want more, of course, you can connect with us. But I'll definitely leave Ray the final word. Anything, any last message you want to say to your clients listening to this oh or just people in general? Last message. Um, you know, this past week I've just been overwhelmed with joy and fulfillment and, and so much pride for my, my clients. Um, a month ago, many of them came to me and they feel so small. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you, when you want to speak, speak up, they're just held back by their ball in their throat. Mm-hmm. They want to speak up to authority, they feel small. And to be able to see them from not being able to speak up at all to some of my clients now after just a month initiating conversations in the gym <laughs> to strangers, okay. um, speaking up and leading a team at work and having their superiors actually say, hey, I actually noticed a change in you. And these are her role models. Her superiors, her role models say, hey, I noticed a change in you. You're less scared, no? not so awkward in front of the team. Uh, and these changes, right, just... It really just like, I'm so proud, it just blows my mind. And this just shows that with consistent effort, with um, consistent, consistent choice to overcome that, that fear and that day and take action before the fear starts to bury mm. everything in your mind. And thirdly, having a community to support you and celebrate your wins with you is actually so, so, so powerful. Mm. So really my encouragement here is like, reach out. Really, really reach out. Like... I know how it feels to feel small and worthless and just want to bury myself in bed all day. But I was able to come here because I asked for help. Mm. Ask for support. And you'll be so pleasantly surprised that someone wants to help you. I'm going to end with this. A mentor once told me this. Ray. And I, I always felt like kind of a bit bad when I'm talking to mentors because these are people that have spoken longer than I've lived mm. and earned like four or five figures per hour, right? Maybe even six figures. I never, I, yeah, a lot of money. And I gave him a card one day to you know, thank him for all that he has done for me and, and that he's continuing to do with me now. And he said, Ray, sometimes the mentor needs the mentee as much as the mentee needs the mentor. And I was like, oh, I never really thought it that way. So, how do you feel when you help someone you feel good? So why not give the privilege of the other person to feel good when they are helping you? So reach out, get support. Lovely. Never had that perspective before. You put it very beautifully. I hope that encourages you all to, to uh, do more, uh, whatever that's worthwhile, meaningful for you. Go out and get it. Uh. Um, so yeah, with that, uh, you can find Ray, I'll link uh, all our socials up uh, or Ray Matrix. Uh, Matrix, why Matrix is a story for another time. <laughs> Um, but we'll join my up. private telegram channel there's a lot of free resources there come join <laughs> yeah 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 we really, we really <laughs> got all the stuff in the descriptions down below um, but with that I hope this podcast helps you do stay resilient stay authentic stay give me a word that represents stay bright radiant and sunny and radiant Arr. yeah uh, radiant stay radiant radiant and we'll, we'll see you next time oh okay. <laughs> wait this is this is an amazing ending just stick to my thing <laughs> This is what she does all the time. Destroy stuff. Destroy my stuff. Okay, anyways. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.